0: So um, I want to uh, continue um, what we've been discussing and contemplating um, and practicing um, through deepening into the, the uh, practice of uh, satipatthana, the, the um, foundation of mindfulness as the core and in many ways one of the essential practices, there's many essential practices, but the uh, meditation is definitely a primary and essential practice. And linking it to um, some of the themes I was talking about last night, particularly this cultivation of nekama, paramita, the perfection of renunciation. In <coughs> another the translation, we go back to the uh, Sanskrit's ni kamma ni as to to um, to move away to be without kamma um, also is a word that translates as sensory desire particularly not depending on sensory desire uh, for our refuge although as delightful as it is <laughs> it's not to say we can't enjoy I uh, can't appreciate, of course, the extraordinary uh, sensory experience, uh, but not to completely lean into sensory experience as a refuge, as, a, as our most profound refuge, uh, because of its, again, its uh, its fickle and fleeting and, and seductive nature in that sometimes it can actually also lead us uh, through our senses. We can be led uh, into the streams of... These uh, energies of what's called the poisons—greed, hatred, and delusion—and so it also implied in Mekama is the without or moving away from greed, hatred, and delusion, as I mentioned last night. Um, and in the process of that moving away, deepening into, in the third noble truth, which we'll contemplate later in the retreats. Um, the niroda, the experience, what leads us into the depth of the realisation of what's called nibbana or peace is this process called niroda. Niroda is also similar, Nikama, niroda, nibbana. Niroda is, is also ni is without and roda. Niroda sometimes translates as cessation of grasping. Mind's not grasping, not holding. Not constricting, we're not constricting around a form or feeling to define ourselves or reality. So, ni means not to do that. It also roda means like prison or walls, living without walls of the mind, living free from the internal imprisonment of the mind. So, all of this is implied and supported by the practice of ni kamma, renunciation, simplification and uh, leading to, not to a dead space, but leading to the depth of immersing ourselves in the living Dharma, the profound intelligence of life, the peace um, that is connected with that, the freedom that we experience through that uh, depth or root of our being. So Nikamma is a practice, and we find it appearing as we enter into this first foundation of the practice that we began yesterday um, in the training. We find it already appearing in the first structures of the entry into the satipatthana the foundations of mindfulness, as an aspect of what begins to support, the training that begins to support this activity of mindfulness, presence, awareness wise attention. Thus have I heard on one occasion the Blessed One was living in the Kuru country at the town of Kuru's named Kamasadamma. There he addressed the disciples thus. Because this is the direct path for the purification of beings, for the surmounting of sorrow and lamentation, for the disappearance of pain and grief, and for the attainment of the true way, for the realization of nirvana, what is this path, namely, the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. Here, a bhikkhu, a disciple, abides contemplating body as body, ardent, fully aware and mindful. And this is the place where we come to this foundation before we even get into the actual practice having put away covetousness and grief for the world. Having put away covetousness and grief for the world. So this is also another word that's connected with this and more familiarly connected with this aspect of the training is viveka, which is uh, an aspect of the renunciant training, viveka, which means to, to, um, to withdraw, kaya viveka to withdraw the body take the body to a a more wholesome, peaceful supportive conducive place for this training I mean one can ultimately do this anywhere (laughs) integrated anywhere but it's good not to start in the middle of the marketplace taking an chitta viveka which is more Um, A more patient training is withdrawing the mind from its preoccupations, in particular in regard to the covetousness, what we want from the world, longing, what we hope and long for with regards to the world, what we are disappointed by and grieve for in regards to the world. For the sake of establishing our relationship through the practice of of mindfulness to to the react to reality, not just the projections of the mind that we then are imprisoned by and compelled to live within. So then, as we begin to um, cultivate this. Renunciation, this Baker this withdrawing the mind again and again from its preoccupations, then we begin to um, have the foundation to train the mind, train the attention in regards to the four foundations. And today, and uh, you know, we're particularly focusing around. This primary foundation of body and breath, bodily experience and breath. Because it is so profound and it is so, um, it is the vehicle through which we experience life, it's this body. It's not to say that we don't turn our attention to the world, the inner, outer worlds, but it's very different when we turn attention to the world, our problems, our plans, our ideas, the globe, and everything else, when there is some capacity of presence informed by this depth of wisdom and depth of connection with reality, not just our assumptions, and projections. It's a very different relationship. (coughs) So for now, it's not that we're just cutting off from everything, and that's our practice. But for now, we're just skillfully taking permission, as encouraged by the Buddha, to withdraw um, as a practice. Because of course the mind will. It's like the tongue going to a painful tooth in the mouth. (laughs) Mind will go, and particularly, I often feel it like it follows gravity. <laughs> it will go to the problem, <laughs> and it will go there and go there and keep sort of, you know, fiddling around with it. You know, so so one can't just sort of rip away and you know and bash the mind. <laughs> And, uh, you know, as an act of force and will, we can actually, you can do that, but it tends to be a short-term strategy. (laughs) It doesn't tend to last. And there are moments when that, the Buddha definitely said there are moments when that kind of effort is important, when the mind is really going, leading us into a dangerous place. But generally speaking, it's a patient exploration of how to keep turning back into our present experience and finding nourishment there, finding a resting place there, allowing the mind to rest within the, the bodily experience. So there's, there's uh, as, a, as, a, as a method, when we find ourselves distracted and uh, in the pathway of uh, thinking process, cognitive frameworks, worries, anxieties, what if, how should I, and how could they. (laughs) We can just gently say, not now. So we we have a relationship to the mind, not just commanding the mind, but we we come into relationship and negotiate. We can say, not now, I will come back to that. You know, when I feel a bit more resourced just not now and then uh, accompanied with that not now you can ask how is it now in our experience, how is it now for me here how is it now for me here so you give the mind something to work with not just a command how is it now And there's uh, Ajahn Mahabur, one of the great Thai meditation masters, says, says, never desert the body. Training the mind not to desert the body. How is it now? And however we can locate into the experience of the body, as primarily for now, just in a very simple way, as sensation, we feel into the body, we locate, feel the body a sensation. And then as the sutta goes on, withdrawing um, our attention and establishing it, and then it goes on to having... Um, Put away you know, grief and covetousness for the world. Going to a forest root of the tree or meditation space. Sitting, the body, the body straight, open. Establishing mindfulness in the next instruction establishing a mindfulness in front. This is uh, in, the, in the original text, it really means uh, as primary. You know, not having, thinking about what you're going to do about something as primary, or what's for lunch as primary, but as pr- primary as being here as fully as we can. That is our main task. Our main task. Always. Whatever's going down. Our main task is to show up as fully as we can for this moment. And if we consider the practice it, for, through that lens, it makes it doable. Not necessarily easy, but it's, it's manageable. And someone that I um, met once who'd spent a lot of time with uh, the Khoisan, the Bushmen people's, um, talked about how um, they understood their function in life was to show up. And then to celebrate. (laughs) We've sort of, and they also consider that our civilization was way off track. (laughs) Way, way off track. Because now that's not enough for us. It's not enough. The the moon is not enough. Mars is not enough. There's never enough for us. But if we show up, Be here as fully as I can, then we will begin to discover that actually, even a breath can be enough, can be ecstatic, can be filled with life and potency, and guide us into the depth of our awareness and our heart and our being. And that there's nothing, as the Buddha said, there's no sensory pleasure higher than that. Nothing. The most beautiful sunset, the most beautiful flavor. the most beautiful and wonderful love-making, the most beautiful piece of art, the most incredible whatever, all incredible. But nothing can surpass a mind suffused with awareness, embodied within the body, slowed within the rhythm of the body, and a body illuminated through the awareness of the mind. This jit e this unification of being, is the most blissful, the most pleasant, the most fulfilling, the primary <clears throat> ground for us from which to move, to be. <coughs> so establishing Awareness, mindfulness is primary. And the practitioner understands I breathe in long, <coughs> I breathe in short. One can elongate the breath, feel the length of the breath. This is described and interpreted in different ways. I can track the whole of the length of the breath as a, as a practice, the sensation of it. And then when there's a certain calming and steadying, I feel the subtlety of the breath. Maybe the breath as just vibration, it's still breath energy. Or I just rest on one sensation within um, my embodied experience, a short breath. The tension isn't moving the length of the breath, just resting in the place in the body, maybe as yes, that subtle rhythm of the breath, or subtle sensation. And it can move then into the length of the breath, following the length of the breath if there's more destruction, and then can sort of focus the area of attention into a subtle area of exploration. Holding attention there, and all of this begins this integration, this unification. <coughs> then the Buddha goes on to say, the last part of the training that we'll focus on today. Being with the breath in this way, I shall breathe in, experiencing the whole body. A sapakaya pati It's a text. Sapakaya means the whole, the whole of the body. Sapakaya patti with, within somewhere together, together, wholly experience the radius to feel, to feel within the body. So it's not a remote observing in a clinical way out here. It's a real in, in body, coming kind of into, bringing awareness into our body, experiencing the whole body, receiving the body. And then the last part of the training. Thus I shall train myself experiencing the whole body, thus I shall train myself, calming, tranquilizing the body formation. I shall breathe in, I shall breathe out, calming bodily formation, just as a skilled turner or his apprentice when making a long turn, understands, I make a long turn, when make a short turn, understands, I make a short turn, so too, breathing in long, practitioner understands, I breathe in long, and trains thus, breathe in short, similarly, I shall breathe out, breathe in, calming, (coughs) the whole of the body formation. This is a a template for us to practice with, with with kindness, with patience, (laughs) returning again and again, not now, how is it now, placing primary to us this activity of showing up for our experience. Training attention to follow rather than being led by thinking, distractions, wondering, anxiety, (coughs) speculation. Training that attention to follow, say, the tangible experience of breath. You can time to time even increase and lengthen more deliberately the breath so you can feel the breath or as Kirisara is saying, mixing that with a word, like put, "po," oh, breathing in, breathing out. And in the process, being really interested, this atapi, interested to experience. What is our experience, actually? A direct experience. Curious, interested, and then as we enter that experience, the last part of particularly on the outbreath, calming, releasing, this is the subtle practice of renunciation. Renouncing our obsessions, our having to think about it for the sake of returning here, renouncing through this subtle letting go on the out-breath. Letting the out-breath lead us into this natural movement to surrender, let go. Each out-breath into returning, into deepening into our presence. Into that going forth. Going forth from the known into the unknown. We deepen into presence, we're deepening into the territory of the in some ways the unknowable. We can know but we aren't cognizing through the cognitive faculty just direct experience. Encourage you to uh, uh, find a posture that you feel uh, comfortable with, yeah, just in your chair or on your seat. Taking a few moments to receive the experience, you kind adjust into your posture and you feel, locate the sensation of pressure of sitting, it's a sensation you can connect with, and feel, it's quite tangible. next short while, making a a determination or renunciation to the best of our ability with great kindness and, and patience to just put to one side our concerns for the sake of this cultivation and asking ourselves, how is it now, what's present for us now? Establishing tension, awareness, showing up for how is it now. And if it's helpful, locating the breath experience and taking a slower and deeper breath right down into the belly, lengthening and elongating the inhalation, so you feel that breath energy suffusing into the body. Maybe even holding it for a second. Feeling it in the body, and then as you slowly, subtly exhale, (coughs) feeling that sense of release. Maybe taking three breaths like this, it really helps to catch your attention and begin the journey into embodiment. at any time during your practice during the day that your breath is an ally you can take a deeper breath to steady to calm to suffuse the body and maintaining this easefulness uh, uh, not to push or demand or apply so much effort and will that it creates tension, but just very entering into relationship with our body experience very gently, very respectfully. As we begin to follow the whole pathway, the long breath, feeling the sensation of the breath at the nostrils. And you might feel it as it comes through and And expands the lungs down into the belly, and then as it turns into the exhalation. Following the pathway of the breath as a training. Noticing and being interested in the different quality experience in the whole body, the different qualities of sensation within the breath body. As you explore the expansion and contraction of this rhythm of the breath. Feel the breath as a pathway, you may feel it as a, a sort of gestalt, a whole experience. As best as you can, just staying with that sensation, that sensation. So learning to again and again bring attention here and also coupling that with receiving what is here. Being able to receive our experience as we experience the whole body breathing and to adjust. Adjust subtly if you need to soften the effort or apply a little bit more. Adjust if you need to As you breathe out, soften the shoulders and the jaw, soften the belly, soften the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. And adjust for the sake of this calming the bodily formation, bringing well-being into the body. Through this uh, illumination of the awareness through the body, as attention studies within the experience the sensation of the breath energy Remembering that attention, while it has an active part of holding and training attention, is an aspect of awareness, being aware, illuminating what we bring attention to. The experience is revealed, it illuminates our experience, but within that there's also a receptive aspect of attention that receives the experience fully. Completely in an open way. The simplicity of whatever is presenting as bodily feeling and sensation, rhythm, tingling, pulse. This attention has the quality of attapi has interest, curiosity, exploration. So it's not uh, just a ma- mechanical technology, but it's uh, it's alive, coupled with this receptive, interested, very immediate, open, fresh connection to experience. And making friends with our embodied experience, and through the day as we continue our practice, returning again and again to the simple placing of awareness within what is happening now—a sensation, either of the breath and the rhythm of the breath, or a sensation within the body, maybe the palms, soles of the feet, as we touch the earth in our walking, as we pick up things with our hands, as we eat, as we move, as we swallow, as we connect moment by moment with the lived reality of our experience. Allowing the simplicity of sensation of the body to be a resting place, to be a guide for our return into the ground of being.